My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 134. Thank you so much for rocking with this podcast. And if this is your first ever episode, welcome. Make sure you join our online community on Instagram at Legally Clueless Podcast. There's a link to it in the show notes. If you want to use Twitter to chit chat about the podcast, just use the hashtag Legally Clueless so that I can stalk you much easier. And of course, if you want to share a story on this podcast, In the show notes, there's a link to a form. Fill it out and I will get back to you. Oh, one other thing. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel because there's two very interesting series there. There's season one of Legally Clueless. So you can watch Africans sharing their stories live on camera. And there's also our tour series that's just kind of gone up, which you definitely must check out. So a link to that is also in the show notes. All right. Speaking about our... (laughs) I do not know why I sang that. Speaking about our tour, the story in this episode is part two of Edna's story. That was a story we recorded in Kisumu during the tour. Listen to this. I remember at 3 a.m. he got a phone call. And he's like, where? Wapi? Nani? You know those conversations back and you're like, what, what, what's happening? Then he says, uh, Mama X has been arrested. I had two house girls, an older one and a younger one. So the younger one was the siren. She used to tell me everything. So I got several messages in my WhatsApp. And so when I woke up and crawled through my phone, it was her number. The lady, she was texting me. And she'd sent me naked photos of this guy. Like someone who is dressing up. Like he's now wearing a shirt. He's wearing pants. He's wearing what? So we used to live in a, a place called Gidunguri. It's like the, the runda of Thika. And he had built two houses. Identical houses. Like if I see like this in my sitting room, I see her car passing. I see them passing. You you get what I'm saying? It was, it was that bad. We were <laughs> sister wives. Oh my goodness. This is, <laughs> this is one of those very interesting stories. And I know part one was pretty interesting but part two the plot twists man and you just have to love Edna's energy but before we get to that of course that's coming up a little later in this episode I hope you're doing fantastic I'd love to send a shout out to everybody who reached out with different ideas on dealing with imposter syndrome which I spoke about last week one of the very many pieces of advice that was sent to me shout out to Kasumbe Charuteach who's saying maybe I'm overwhelmed and I need to add on somebody to my team, I guess, to help with the workload. And there are elements of truth in that. I'm not sure I shared. I added, well, enrolled somebody to handle my initiative stuff so that all I have to do is focus on the podcast. But definitely hear you on that. And when I read that, I was like, there's some truth here, but then there's another problem that I've spoken about before. It's just trusting people, especially when you're starting off as a business is so tricky and then also I feel like I have had a team before and I'm not too sure (laughs) first that is for me and that I can fully trust that somebody wants to achieve my vision and mission or be are aligned with it but I guess those are kind of like the risks you have to take because you can never be a hundred percent sure about the people you employ etc etc but yeah I'm trying to navigate that but I must say there's something very powerful about speaking 
out to you about different tough things I'm navigating. I don't know if it's fair for me to dump it on you, but I do feel a lot lighter. I do feel like because speaking out and getting a lot of feedback from you, that kind of like, what is the word? Like normalized what I was experiencing for myself. So then I didn't feel so alone and so overwhelmed by this weird imposter syndrome. Does that make sense? Like you speak it out and then you realize somebody else is navigating it. And so you, I mean, people are not joining you on your journey, but you feel less alone. And so that's really helped. Am I still feeling overwhelmed with work a little bit? But I know I kind of have to adult my way through it because January, as I said, business-wise is really slow. So I kind of have to try and make now in terms of business enough to cover me across two to three quarters of next next year, which means just like putting my head down and just getting the job done. But I am a bit calmer. I, I think I was those feelings of mine were so hectic that my stress levels just shot up. And then what happened is I'm kind of like at the tail end of an eczema flare up, which my doctor was like, this is purely stress. And so genuinely, I kind of have to (laughs) get a handle on that. But I will. I will. Let's just be hopeful. Not all doom and gloom, right? Okay, so I I really want to share this particular song of the week with you because I have written quite a bit of poetry to this song in the past and to songs by this particular artist. His name is Damien Marley. Another artist who I've not seen live in concert, even though he's been to Nairobi. And I want him and Chronics are two artists whose concerts I missed when they came to Nairobi, and I feel really bad about it. But post-pandemic, we're going to rectify that. So the song of the week is Autumn Leaves. It's by Damien Marley, and I always find his lyrics to be so poetic. And it's this simple, yet very profound style of writing that I don't know why, but I connect with his lyrics so deeply that I immediately have poetry concepts and just have to write. I wanted to share that with you, especially this song, because During the tour, it popped up on the playlist at a point when we were on the road and I had completely forgotten about the song. And I was just like, oh my God, there it is again. It just really lights up the creative in me. So yeah, check it out. I've put a link to it in the show notes. Let's jump into part two. Quite a few people have been waiting for part two of Edna's story. All I can say is one, if you have not listened to part one, you will find that in episode 133. And two, (laughs) yo. The plot twists are hectic. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. And so life began. Just before I'd, I'd moved in, this, this was that time I'd, I'd said I'd gotten a job. So when he got the job, came from Garissa, came to his house. I remember at 3 a.m. he got a phone call. And he's like, where? Wapi? Nani? You know those conversations back and you're like, what, what, what's happening? Then he says, uh, Mama X has been arrested. They were coming from those sides of Galileo's and she was uh, under the influence. So she's been arrested. Um, she's at the police station. So in my mind, I'm like, why does it bother you? What's up? He says, no, 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 no. We have to go get her. Why is she doing this? So he woke up quickly. You're the one who knows prosecutors here. They're taking her to Kibera. Wake up. I'm just thinking, she's no longer your person. Whatever she does is, why are you waking me up at 3, 4 in the morning? So because I'm a good, supportive uh, wife to be. So he left, went to the police station, found her there. 
Because certainly she's very tiny, so she was wearing some huge oversized white coat. And so we call out, we call her to come. And then she's there and she asks him, what is this bitch doing here? And he says, um, don't call her that. No, she's always coming to save your ass. And so because of Kimbelembele, I talked to the OCS. I talked to whoever. They're saying OCS is coming. Turns out she's a lady from Butere. So the little Kiluya in you, Nikarusha, Rusha, she's like, I'm coming. We'll get her out. Don't worry. And so while we're still standing there, he looks at the OB. And there's a guy, remember, he was called Fred, someone. And he gets very angry. He's like, this Fred is here. Fred is here. Bring, let her Fred up. Let her Fred up. And so me, I'm just thinking, what is happening? And so Fred comes out. And Fred is wearing the trouser to this coat that Mama X was wearing. <laughs> so he says, you are the one who's been effing my wife. I know about you. Heard about you. And I remember he developed a huge vein. He was so angry and so mad. And he was calling his her sisters like, oh, your sister is here. And imagine he's with Fred. So me was wondering, what is my role? No, I'm just following him in his anger. I'm like, hey. Mm. So we stayed there, I think, until 12. We got, we got, we got police bail for her to come tow her. Her car had been towed. Her car was, I think, was at Kilimani or whatever. And then so we are seated in the car. He's driving. His cousin is seated here. And then I'm seated at the back with the, my good friend. So he went, took her car, went home. That should have been red flag number two. That anger that he had, you know. And then he just, you know, he went on and on about it, went on. And then back we are home, he's like, imagine that guy even has the guts, eh? And I think they were even doing drugs. Me, I'm just like, see, it's okay. You know, she's no longer in your life. And so now I've moved in, in officially. Uh, that's now a, a few months later. I've moved in officially. The kids are there. And the relationship was, their relationship was pretty messed up. So we used to have the kids 24-7, Monday to Sunday. So sometimes I'm like, do you know, it, it would just be nice if she would have the kids even for two days, you know, two days. She never used to do that. And so Garissa happened. My day came for going to Garissa. I went to Garissa. And because now, see, I'm the wife, wife of the year. I'd even gotten two house girls. I have a, a, a work plan for them, the food plan. So I'm in Garissa, but I'm constantly on my phone. Oh, metwa, yo, means me kwa frida, you know? Have you, you know, today in Isikia Madurisha, I'm there, but I'm managing that house. And so I used to go and come back every Thursday. And it, it was fantastic. The first one, two months was very fantastic. And so you'd come pick me. Back at those guys, now Garisa, you'd either use a flight or a bus. So because I used to help her, I couldn't wait the next day at I'm going to take a flight. So I used to leave the evening bus. I get to Thicard, find him waiting for me. You know, and it's a nice weekend. And so you are going for lunches and, you know, whatever. And I'm there now showcasing my pillow skills and chapo and, you know. And so things were okay. So I started going to guys and I started getting calls. And my one of my house girls, I had a very, I had two house girls, an older one and a younger one. So the younger one was the siren. She used to tell me everything. So she'd be like, hey, do you know Mama X came here at 8 in the morning? And she's been here in Pakasaizu. That time it's around 9 in the night. I'm like, what is she doing? She said she came to visit her kids. And so I'd call this guy. I'm like, hey, do you think it's proper that this woman comes to my house when I'm out there? And it, she'd say, Apana, see, watoto. And I'm like, why don't you do that thing I told you that let her have the kids. Even three days a week, four days a week, let her. It's okay. They're her children. If she's gotten to a point where she wants to have the kids, it's okay. And so that went on. She would just come in the morning. That time I think she was on leave. She would come. Eight, sit, order the house girls around. Oh, why are her children not? The clothes are not clean. Why is this one not eating well? Why is this and this and this? And wait for now Muse. Eh? You know, now they're called Muse. Now Muse to come back. And then Muse would take her to her house, which I found to be very strange. And so when the kids were at our house, she would come. When the kids were at her place, 
he would come home late and say he left work and went to see his kids. And so when I brought it up, he tells me, now you, mbona umekuwa kama You know me, that's why I never wanted even to date someone else. You know, people don't understand that when you have children, you have to see them. Why are you being like that? You know, that kachiki used to date. You know, because she didn't want me to see my kids, you know. So I'm like, what, what is this you're seeing? You've seen them in the morning. You've had them, you know, they're coming back in two days. Do you need to be there for these two days? And then when they're at our place, this mama has to come there at eight and chill until evening. And so small things started happening. Small things. I remember very well sometime in November. And because Garissa is very hot, so if you woke up at night, you'd and probably not sleep again. Or you have to go take a cold shower or just walk around the compound. So I got several messages in my WhatsApp. Several messages. And so when I woke up and scrolled through my phone, it was her number. The lady, she was texting me. And she'd sent me naked photos of this guy like someone who is dressing up like he's now wearing a shirt he's wearing pants he's wearing what so i'm just like wow so i didn't respond to those messages because i'm in love and i'm so loved i tried to call him he guess guess what this chick is trying to do to us you know but they have been together some of their photos she took kitambo that was my my thinking and so i sent him those messages those photos but he didn't he didn't read them till the morning so in the morning i'm excited like see, you know this is hot to dark we see what she's doing so i called i called him i'm like have you, have you seen the photos i've sent you he's like no Ebo open your whatsapp i'm waiting Ebo funga those messages imagine mama nani has sent me those photos would you believe then she is like eh, <laughs> i'm sorry like I'm, I'm sorry what do you mean i'm sorry so shetani was put pulled into that thing and she was called a demon it is shetani so i told i asked him how would this happen this lady lives in the outskirts of thicker town like you'd have to leave our house go to the highway go to thicker town leave thicker town go to garissa road enter a rough road go to her house at what point didn't you stop and think this is wrong and that chick had texted me and told me you know your house was crowded so we went to my house so there i was in garissa saying i am done with this thing in aisha i am not going to be with such a man how how can he do this to me and so that weekend when i came home i didn't go I passed and went straight to my brother's house. So nimefura, but I'm just waiting for him to tafuta me and be like, funny, where are you? And so he tafutaed me for that night. I think he called my brother and my brother was like, ah, see, I'm going So I don't know at what point. I felt like he came to rescue me, you know. At around 9 p.m. he comes to the house. He's like, no, don't leave me. You know, if you leave me, I'll die. Those things were to nadanganyo. So there I was at 10 on thicker road, <laughs> going back to my house. <laughs> I went back and I was told it is Shetani. At that point, she was even calling her names like, you know, she's sewage, she's trash, you know, she did ABCD, I can never be that woman. And so because one of my, also one of my roles as a wife was to ensure he's well-dressed. And because I was working in an NGO and there was little money here and there, I used to buy him clothes, you know, those clothes from shirts to boxers to belts to shoes to. So this is literally the following weekend. I'm back home. He had, uh, I think he was going to the theater or something. So I went to meet a friend of mine at TRM. So we are having ice cream, chilling. I get a message on WhatsApp. And the message says, thank you for the boxers. You bought him very nice boxers or something. Yeah, I'm just like, what? <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> so I called him. I'm like, what is happening? But you know, you see, yesterday I went to her house. And you know, I was trying to fix her bulbs. And then probably she noticed my boxers. So you know, at that point, any normal person would know. <laughs> Something is off. But because I was now in the I was in the game and I was in it and I was not going to lose. Did uh, did Edna go anywhere? Hmm. So I cried and cried and went home and packed my things. I'm going. I don't need this. So I'm there packing, packing, packing. I'm going. I'm leaving. And he's there like, don't leave me. You know, you say those things like if you leave me, I'll die. 
I'm just thinking, oh my god, don't die, Baba, don't die. And I think those parkings zilikwazile za uongo za ku, you know, just attention seeking. Then it brings my things back to the house, and then, you know, we're just happy, we go for ice cream, we move on. And so those things happened. So remember this incident I've told you about the police station. And because this lady works in an university in Nairobi, um, it had caused issues, that drunk driving, and because when she had gone to, when she was arrested, she called the school ambulance. Now she's acting up like, oh, I have asthma, you know, nini, nini. And so a student was actually taken ill that night and they were trying to get the ambulance and the ambulance was not there. So they asked this guy, where were you? Uh, Dr. So-and-so called me to go where? To go to the police station. Why? She had been arrested. Why? So, because she, she was <laughs> influenced. So they had put her on, uh, what is it called? Mandatory leave, whatever. And so chances were that in January the following year, she would not have a job and so we're just there being wife things are happening and he told me um and because when he was working in Congo, he was building his house and where we used to live he told me he'd moved there because he wanted to pass his house every day and think you're living in a rental and your house is here so we used to live in a, a place called Gidunguri. it's like the the runda of pika and he had he has built two houses identical houses his plan was to turn them into rental houses then um, build his own house later. So those houses were literally outside my gate. Like you'd, if I sat in my sitting room, I would see the roof or the balcony of his house. And so he comes and convinces me and tells me, no, Mama X won't have a job in January. And because um, if I let her go, you know, my kids will potea. So my thinking is, let's fix this one house for her. Let's fix the house for her. See, because I am supportive wife. <laughs> Who am I to say no? And so the house, he went got a loan of about 3M, started fixing, you know, tiles, nini, stairs, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I kept telling him, you know, we can't leave, I can't live here. Um, I have to move. And he says, you go look for a house. So when I land in Garistika like this, it's house hunting. And so every house I found had a problem. It was too big, it was too small, it had too much grass, it, too much cemetery where would the dogs play. This one, Suju, is how the, the soil is red. You know, we need to just plant Suju what? So every single house I found had a problem. So fast forward, that lady moved into that house. So you are literally in the same neighborhood. Like if I see like this in my sitting room, I see her car passing. I see them passing. You, you get what I'm saying? It was, it was that bad. We were <laughs> sister wives. Yeah. And so that mama moves there. But initially the story has been sold to you that this is just for the children. The children have to be, you know, they have to be together. Yeah, and if I let them go, what a potter. That mama moves there. That was the beginning of hell and so those weekends that were very nice and very you know sweet just the two of us chilling and now you've woken up on saturday morning let's say you've made him his favorite breakfast you get to the sitting room with your plate like this the front door is wide open he left and went to the other woman's house and sometimes he's in a towel because it's literally across the road so you're left there with your food he'll come back maybe two hours later he's like yeah i need to go um something has happened i need to go and so slowly by slowly, things started changing. And I would come sometimes on weekends and realize his clothes are missing, you know. Started packing, packing to things. This house girl of mine, this Kerere one, would tell me, do you know that mama came here today with a bag and packed his clothes? And so I would ask him, hey, um, what's, what's, uh, what's happening? Like, you know, you know these things you hear and people tell you, a woman, she's crazy. She's full of drama. She's what? Me, I don't have anything to do with her. We're just doing this for the children. And so things are becoming... Uh, not so rosy, you know. Used to come pick me now. He's like, See, you take a border because <laughs> they're not taxis on that route. So you sit on a border and come. What's wrong with you? So, you're just there on a border with your bag going back home. 
and home has become such a lonely you know cold place and so come december now december we've made two decisions one he's coming home to see my dad and we're also going to their place their place is in eldoret and so i remember that day very well so i woke up in the morning we've showered they're saying if you're going to ld you need to leave early so did the the usual stuff prepared breakfast whatever whatever he showered had his breakfast like let me go say bye to the kids and so he goes so 10 minutes 20 an hour two hours i'm like hey koni tunafika ildi sangapi and so the house used to live in we had to pump water like before you shower pump water it had like a small tank pump water pump water and so he comes back sweating then he's like he goes to shower he's like there's no water i put pump maji i'm like pump maji see you showered before you left then i'm just like oh my god <laughs> oh my god i can't it's like i was living in a nigerian movie so i was like what, what, what is what is happening here and so because plans had been made we were going to to my parents place Nothing is going to stop that. <laughs> so I remember I was going to LD that day and I was crying, just <laughs> crying on the road. And before I got to LD, I told him, you know what? Um, you take me to town. Me want to go home. You'll find me at my mother's house. Me, I'm not going to your parents' house. And he told me, can't you see I'm doing you a favor? I'm bringing you to our home. So just see you to end the home. And we get home. So just they are very quiet no one is talking to the other because it was late in the night that is new but this is actually new year's eve i remember when the clock struck midnight some people were there happy new year happy new year happy new year happy new year went to hug him and tell him oh happy new year and then he, he literally pushed me so yeah guys had dinner we went to our room and i'm there calling my sister in law guess what he did to me so he was there in bed acting like he's sleeping so he's like oh my god he pushed me away he did abcd so he woke up and told me now you want to tell everyone that i'm teaching you we are home here we should be happy you should be grateful that i brought you here so i was silenced once more and so backtracking this a bit to 24th my son's birthday is on 24th december so i remember on that 24th he'd said um we're taking the kids to that um, elephant place on uh, on your way to rongai that one yes david chadwick so we're taking the kids there on elephants and whatever and so this mama's kids were in my house and so in the morning when kids are dressing up i tell him these kids don't have any nice clothes can they go home and uh, dress up and then we pick them twende so on this on 23rd he had called me um, from the office and he says Oh, mama, I'm cheesy. So she's come to my office. She's crying. She says that she's depressed. She, wherever her children are going to sleep, she's going to sleep there as well. So she might be coming, you know, whatever. And true to the word on that 23rd, that mama came to my house and sat on the sofa and slept there. So I'm asking him, in what universe does this make sense? Why is this woman sleeping in my house? Why would she come at you? No, no, no. She's, you know, she's depressed, you know. So that mama came and slept in our house and when he tried to tell her like oh you should go home she made noise and you know the son is old he was now in form one or form two so it would appear like you're fighting the mother that mama slept in our house so now 24th we are saying it's ethan's birthday let's take him out come here you tell your friend to go dress the kids um, we'll go pick the kids to end it. and so we get ready go to her house and because he had he had an suv because of his many children so and this chick was the first to enter the car and sit and say hamuniwachi you are not leaving me here tunaenda <laughs> so i tell him you go have your family i'm not going to be part of this you have your family thing I'm, I'm i'm going home i have some cleaning to do let me go home he says no it's okay let's let's just go with her. would you believe we went a man and his two wives and she came and sat up this space between the seats and she's seated there and so in your Telling, so she's also there like, yeah, you know, I think, and I'm also, 
I'm just thinking in 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 where does where is, <laughs> where does this happen? <laughs> and so we went with her and went to watch those elephant things. And another weird thing that had happened, I realized later, this man made me wear deras for the longest time in my life. Like anything I used to wear was like, why oh, you wear? You don't look nice. You look nice in deras. Hey, Busi, how nice you look. So even if I was called and told Uhuru wanted me at <laughs> State House, I'd be in a dera. I didn't realize the control that was happening with him. And I say dera because I was there in a dera. I my elephant with my blue dera. And he found angles where maybe my face was here and her face was there and he'd take photos and post on his Facebook. You understand? Immediately. So people look at him because most of our friends know me and they know her. And so guys are like, hey boss, boss, yani, you've, you've hacked this thing, you've managed. And so we leave the elephant place. I'm just like, when did this become my life, you know? And I don't know much, Luya. So my mom called me and I was just like, I'm trying to explain to her. Like, she's here. She's like, all of you. I'm like, yes, Juliano, Rosi. My mom is like, hey, okay. So Mnenda Wapi. And this guy, this girl decides, let's go have lunch. Let's go to um, Galeria. And that burger place is there. Let's go have burger. You know, Katikati Yakiti, she's there. <laughs> so we shook the car. This man, his two wives and his children. Galeria. We went had burgers and then we got to Carrefour to buy some drinks because Ethan had a cake somewhere on Spamol. So we we're going to pick the cake and go home. So we went to buy drinks. Happy family. So while I'm walking ahead, I turn back and I realize they are holding hands behind my back. So they are holding hands. I'm just there thinking, oh wow. Now you are the intruder. Officially, you are the intruder. So we bought whatever we were, we were buying that day. Um, we, I, as we were leaving, a friend of his met us and he used to laugh saying, this is Mama X. This is Mama Tan. You know that thing for her? Look at, look at us doing this. So this lady left us and went to the car. And so by the time we are getting to the car, she's sitting on the co-driver's the co seat. She's sitting there. And she tells me it's my turn now. <laughs> so I'm like, your turn for what? <laughs> she's like, you've been sitting here from Fika. So it is my turn to sit here now. And so I'm there being, you know, wife in distress. I'm like, let me come and see. Just come and see what she's doing. She's, she's quammered here. And so they get out of the car and go. That is Galeria co-parking lot. They go behind the car and start having a conversation. In my mind, I'm thinking this is my son's birthday. So I go to the back of the car and he, he's tall. And the lady is tiny. So I'm up close to his tummy, just, you know, like, oh, you know. So I'm there like, what, what, what is happening? We need, we need to go. We need to go. Because we are going to the, um, the KWS on Langata Road. The animal orphanage, I think, yeah. And so she starts telling me, why have you taken my place? You, you know, yeah. uh, you're sitting in my seat, but you're walking around with my children, and you're sitting, what, 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 you, ho, you, whatever. And so the lawyer in me came out, because I think I'd taken <laughs> so much trauma. So that was my very first violent, um, <clears throat> and so a parking lot. So I gave her a very hot slap, and interestingly, tables were turned on me. What's wrong with you? What makes you think you have monopoly on violence? Why are you the one now, you want to show that you can fight? Oh, oh, oh. So I'm there thinking, I'm warning, can people see that I'm the one who's being hurt here? Oh gosh. So we got into the vehicle and the whole ride there, I was just being told the way I'm bad, I'm violent, I'm, you know, we cannot do this, we're not going to accept violence in this family. We're not a family, this family, it's a corner violence. We get to the animal orphanage. Yeah, there you're walking with someone, but he's 20 steps, so I'm the one who's running after him. Did you see that ostrich? Did you? So anyway, we go back home, <laughs> sitting in the car, the one big happy family. We went and picked her sister. Her sister looked at me like, eh, what is happening here? So we go to the house, birthday song, cake cutting, whatever. And I told the sister, you know, this chick slept here last night. And she's like, how? Yani, 
even you are you are you is this normal so the, the sister managed to talk to her and the lady left and so now it's 24th december now we are on 31st december so now, now there's so much that has happened in between following to this day now we've gotten home it's just hell it was a horrible night i think i didn't even wait for, for the parents to wake up i just woke up in the morning the way I'd, i didn't even shower and went uh, home remember all this time i have a house in kakamega that i have never hammered from because there's never it's never the right time so i came back from kakamega to my house got someone to clean watched tv slept had a good time the next day we we're going home and my father knows that we are living together from ld so we had to time ourselves umifka wapi na umifka wapi then we met in bungoma then we went home and somehow my dad knew something was not right so he comes and says oh i know i'm late it's uh, 10 years late but tulikuja so we are together now will panga and come with my parents you know that whole story but yeah you know my girl just left she didn't even tell me what was happening we got our small little blessings and we went back to nairobi and so that first week ni wiki ya shule so guys opening school my son is joining a new school there's that up and down up and down i'm going back to garissa i'm miserable but i didn't even know how miserable i was but i was miserable because now nothing works anymore the house has just become a shell you know things are quiet in the process he'd fired my older house girl i think my house girl used to to chokora his demons this woman must go i didn't understand why until later and so he'd fired my house girl so i had one the younger house help who had gone for christmas uh, break so we'd come back we'd come back with her now to nairobi and so i tell him uh, i need to go do my hair that time now i think i've gotten to the point now i'm like it's okay so we are just now the two of us what do i do so he'd go spend time there spend time at my house come shower at my house realize his favorite shirt is in that house he'd walk across the road in his towel go get his shirt come back come to my house eh, eh there are no boxers here okay maybe my boxers are there so that was the life i had found myself in i was not excited about it but i, I felt so lost i didn't know what to do about it so the day i realized this thing had numbed me or it was affecting me more than i thought so i tell him please give me one car i need to go to the salon and he says come get the key you come get the key i tell him just bring the car to the gate it was drizzling i'm like if if, if it wasn't drizzling i would have found my way out of this place but get me a car he says come and so i go to the house i never used to go to that mama's house so i get to the house and it's very quiet but i can hear activity and you see the way that house was being fixed initially it was not being fixed at to perfection there are places that didn't have doors there are sinks that we hadn't fixed it was just once or two then we'll fix the rest so the devil tells me go see what is happening in there <laughs> And so I go and open the curtain and people are just there getting very busy and I didn't feel the need to run away or shout or scream I just stood there and, and watched for a whole one minute I think he found me there So I said eh okay so I I I picked his trousers got the khakis and went to the salon and I didn't feel a thing I didn't feel sad I didn't feel angry I went um had a good day came back home um stayed for two three days went to Garissa and from then on I realized now things were totally upside down. I I never used to sleep. Like I used to go to my room, stay awake till morning. You know, there my driver would come pick me, but I've not slept the whole night. I was looking like a panda. You know those black <laughs> two lines. I never used to sleep. And I would go back home to emptiness, you know? And the weird thing he used to do, he used to pull out the TV from the house and go with it to his house. Because now the TV they had there was not a smart TV and our TV was a smart TV. And so my son is in that mess. He's now even coming from school there's no TV to watch and you know he's still a child. And so he'd go to the stepmother's house would probably to kana him, you know, mistreat him. We'll come back to the house. 
I remember once when I knew things were totally off, he called me on a Wednesday and says, uh, Mommy, how do I put uh, ink in my pen? And I'm like, Why do, how do you put it? So you tell your dad. Then he says, ever since you left, daddy has never been here. So I'm like, so what? You know, there are questions you never even bother to ask. You know, I don't ask my help such questions. So it turns out the day I live like this, he comes towards the TV, goes to his house. And so my kid is living literally with the house help. Would wake him up in the morning, prepare him from school, come from school, I'm sorry, in a homework, whatever, whatever. And this man is living literally across the road. And small things he used to do, like shopping, like nini, stopped completely. So you can imagine coming home to such a place over the weekend. And when I brought it up, now he says to make to avoid drama, this kid, I'll be going with him to that house. He'll be spending the night there, then in the morning comes uh, he comes back to the house. And I remember when I moved, I moved with my dog. We have like a dog called Elsie. So it was Ethan, Edna, and Elsie. And so my son would go to the house, and in the morning the house would wake him up at around five. And so Ethan and Elsie would walk back and come to the house in total address. He goes to school. And so each time you come home, it becomes more hostile. It's hostile. He's angry. And we got to arguments. I wouldn't say physical because there was no boxing, but there's a lot of pushing and uh, word, throwing words at you and, you know, whatever. And even throwing words at my son, you know. You'd say things like, you see now mama yako, umekana mama yako until you've become stupid. Why can't you even fix a light bulb? But, you know. He'd say, this boy can't even open a loaf of bread. Imagine, just the way he's struggling to fungua mkati. Look at him. It's because he stayed with you, maka amekuwa na umama. You see those things you just hear. So my son is also slowly shrinking. He's just quiet and, you know, withdrawn. So each time I'd come home, this boy who was so happy to see me leave, he's now like, why are you going? When are you coming back? So I started thinking to myself, what, what am I doing here? What, what is this? And so with each weekend now, the clothes have reduced. Sometimes he no longer comes to the house completely. He's like, oh, me and uh, Mama X are going to LD to visit my dad. They've gone to LD. So it became a very empty, empty place for me. And so I made up my mind and said, hey, this, 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 whatever this is, is not working. So a week before I left, what fueled this decision? I've come back home, we're in the house, that day he came out. And I got to a point where I used to tell him, what are you even doing here? So you just go, as in, because he's the type to come and sit. I know you're trying to make conversation, he's watching something on Netflix. You're like, hey, so who is that guy? He even imagine, he's like, hey, do you want to talk or you want to? So you just keep quiet there, very quiet. If you go to bed, eh, now you've gone to sleep and I'm here. You don't want to spend time with me. So it was that whole, you could never win with him. And so that day he came over. He's sleeping. Of course, there's a quarrel. He's there sleeping. I'm facing the wall. They're sleeping, saying nasty things to him. This woman calls. Sai and I, she literally, there's not the one but he'll come in two hours. She's two minutes away from our house. And she calls and says, um, eh, I know you're there with her. You say you're going to come to tell me goodnight. How, how come you've not come to say goodnight? And this guy says, I'll see you tomorrow. You know, I'm coming to your house right now. And then he's like, ah, sasa unaenda wapi. You know, it's, it's not that I'm stopping. It's more like, Bono unafanya evil. you know, you just sleep, I'll come tomorrow. And our gate was broken. If only you stayed with us, you'd know that that gate, it was locked, but it's not, if you pushed it, it would open. And so I can hear her through the phone, because I'm on speakerphone. I can hear her opening the gate. And I think she, I don't know if she was using a rock or something. She was hitting the, the front door very violently. Tell him, why don't you tell, tell her to leave or you go, go with her. Me, I don't want this drama. Especially my son is in the house. I don't want this drama. And so he didn't, he didn't do a thing. So I woke up and opened the door and told her, you know what, just wait. Let me wake up this husband of yours for you. Muende. Me, I don't want this drama. Because my son had seen so much, so much. And so I go and wake him up. He says, Missy, Andy Mahali. 
So I told her now, you know what you'll do? Just go. You talk, huh? don't don't cause drama in my compound or whatever. Because that lady had a rock. All this time she had a, a brick in her hands. And so she hit me on the head, at the back of my head, with that brick. And in that moment, I think I saw red. So by the time I was coming to my senses, she was on the ground. I was sitting on her. It was her hair was being pulled out. She was so it's when he comes out, he's like, no, 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 don't do this, don't do this. Oh. And do you think that lady went after all this drama? Muse um, went and slept on a sofa. The chick came and sat, sat next to her. And he's like, you see, she's broken my phone. You see, she's hurt my foot. And uh, it's more like, you see now, you, you are very violent. You see, you like violence. So I'm like, even if was, this was a police case, she's the one who was trespassed into my compound. But I realized whenever something happened of the sort, he would always defend her. I was the intruder. I was interfering with their family. And while you're in this house, unaskia, don't cook. We're having dinner. We're having family dinner. So you and your food. Um, weekend, I'm coming. No, no, this, this weekend, we are going somewhere with the kids. The kids in the end, So I was, I was, what was I doing there? And so the following week, I sat in Garissa and told myself, I am leaving this man. I, I have to go. And I think I was still waiting for one more sign. And you see, the issue was that he would do something so bad and in turn do something so nice, you're like, hey, maybe I'm the one, I'm the problem. You'd sit and say, I am a problem, I am a bad person, I need to change. And so I was waiting for one good sign from him. And so I come from Garissa, get home as usual. The house is empty, very quiet. I get in, the TV is missing. I call him and tell him I want that TV now. There's something I want to do with the TV. He says, come and get the TV. And because I think I was tired and I didn't care, I walked across the road and went. And he says, I can't find the TV. I think Mama X may Who hides a TV? A whole TV. I think Mama X may feature. So I say, hmm, okay. Then I'm like, how much is a TV? You are a doctor. I'm a lawyer. We can buy the... Why are we fighting over TVs at 30,000? Come on. And so I walk back home. And in my mind, I'm telling myself, if, if I'm going to say then I'm going to buy a TV. Tomorrow, I'm going to buy myself a TV. And so he says, let me walk you home. And home is 20 footsteps away from that mama's house. <laughs> So we are walking home and I just turn and ask him, by the way, do you ever sit and think and wonder what you're doing? Do you think you're being fair? What did I ever do to you to deserve this? And then I kept telling him, Ungetuacha. You know, in my Ungetuacha meant those days of me in Kakamega with my son. With my son knowing that is that other side of town, I'm with mom. You know, because my son now has grown up, with, grown up without a father. His first encounter with his father has been of violence, him seeing his father abusing the mother and seeing the mother constantly crying, you know, and people fighting all over the house and seeing his mom. My mom, my son to date, if he watches a movie and there's violence between women, he's like, mommy, that's you and mama ex. Yani, for him, it's so funny, it's hilarious. And so, I don't know what, I, I don't know what, I can't remember what happened between that one second, but he pushed me. Kabisa, Zile is away at a story. Mingi tutongia kesha will come tomorrow. And so he pushed me and I fell and I hit my head for ground. And I stayed in that position for a few minutes. And I thought to myself, Indo Squatu wanenanga na petrolina wanachoma watu. Yani in my mind, I kept to, that was a day I would kill everyone, even me included. I was so infuriated. I remember saying the only thing I want God to give me is peace. That's the only thing I prayed for. Peace. Nilale. I just want to sleep. And so I went, took a shower, and slept till morning. And so I woke up that morning and knew that was it. That was the day. And what do I need to pack? I need Nigerian bags. So I tell him, uh, because now, now the cars were being parked in the other compound. Eh? So I tell him, give me the car. I want to go do something in town. He's like, at 8 in the morning, what do you want to buy in town? Tell him, I want to buy nyama. I want to make pilau. At this time in the morning. Like, yeah. Like, let me take you. I say, fine. We start uh, going to town. And my dad knew. Because I used to tell my dad everything. My dad knew. And so my dad calls me. He's like, uh, mama, so 
You'd said you're waiting for Ethan to close. Ethan closed school this week. So what's your plan? I'm there telling Now you know I can't speak much. He's like, um, what do you need? Do you need a lorry? Do you need a pickup? I can't. What do you need? And I'm like, a pickup. You know, you can't, you can't speak much. I'm just like, eh, pickup, you know. Eh. So, okay, okay, okay. You'll tell me. Whatever you need, I'll do for you. A few minutes later, my brother calls me. My brother is like, Mze says, you need to move. I, do you have a lot of stuff there? I'm like, no. You know, you can't speak much. No, nothing. So these guys are thinking, oh, you know. Of course, he can read between the lines something is happening here. And so we have a fight along the way. Like, you are you constantly telling your dad bad things about me. And so you are, is your brother telling you, so you ho, 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 ho. And we take a U-turn and now we are going back home. Now this event trip of years to going to town is not happening. Let's go back home. And so we get back home against the component tells me, get out of this car. So me, I'm there, of course, resisting. I'm not getting out of the car. So we had a bit of a fight there and whatever, whatever, whatever. That's the time he was very physically violent with me back at the point of getting me out of the car and throwing me off. He got into the car and left. So, yeah, I think an hour later, our stuff was packed and my dog was very pregnant. Now my dog even had stopped being a house dog. He was not, she was now roaming around with this village dog. She was pregnant by some funny dog. Packed my stuff, packed my house help, packed my pregnant dog. <laughs> and we left. And so... I don't know whether I felt relieved or I was scared because now, what is this? Where am I even going to now? What is this? But I knew my step one was my, my brother's SQ. That was step one. And then everything else would happen from there. And I kept thinking, um, I think I'm a very strange human being. I was like, would he feel bad that I've left? Would, would he chase me? Maybe he will, you know? And so we went, went to my brother's house with my son. He didn't chase me. He didn't look for me. He looked for me after five months. <laughs> We left. Um, this story would have easily had two parts. There's a whole other part altogether. But we left and now we're left to, to, to grow again, to heal. And you know, you don't realize how those things affect you as a person. You don't know how those things affect your, your child. Because I realized I needed therapy. My son needed therapy. So moving was step one. But it was a step that brought me closer to now. I know myself better than I ever did 10 years ago. And I had, I had to learn why. Why is it I do the things I do? Why do I attract a specific kind of... Why do I like broken people, you know? Because that for me, it was more like saving. Now, but your marriage is broken. Let me, let me come save you. What is really is happening? Let me come fix you. And so through therapy and uh, the past two years, we have come to a, a beautiful place of healing, of uh, my son getting over the trauma that that was. The, the biggest thing for me was therapy, therapy. I mean, everyone should get therapy. Therapy changed my life. Yeah, it continues to, so I'm still seeing a therapist. We are fine. And so now how am I in Kakamega again? Uh, we eventually decided uh, this is home. This is... Uh, Quit Garissa, moved back home. Home now where I had sisters, sisters who we'd worked with, the sisters, uh, advocates, you know, friends. It's close to my parents. And so we've slowly found our footing again. And yeah, that's me. <laughs> Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. I absolutely uh, was just so mesmerized by this story from part one to part two, which you've just heard. Of course, the story by Edna. One thing, though, I can completely identify with is, well, there's a couple of things. <laughs> Even I've gone through my own fair share of character development until I was like, hey, the, the character is developed. <laughs> Let it be. <laughs>
<laughs> no, but I, I wanted to say it's it's just so liberating once you have gone through like tremendous heartbreak from a partner or somebody you had some sort of intimate relationship with. At the beginning, you can't even talk about it. There's something liberating about getting to like the end point of healing from that mess and being able to look back, say the story without, you know, breaking down, but also laughing about it because you're just like, ah, <laughs> I, 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 I was willingly participating in, in nonsense. And we all have those moments where, Especially for me now, I can look back at one of my most dramatic relationships and just be like, what the hell, Adele? Like, <laughs> what absolute nonsense is that? And, and ah, you know, like now I've talked about it, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Um, have you ever wished to go back to your previous relationship data book <laughs> and erase a particular one? Just like, yeah, that didn't happen. Uh yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> make sure you catch Edna in our Kisumu episode from the tour series, which is on our YouTube channel. A link to that is in the show notes. So you can see her really sharing her story. She's such a natural storyteller. It's, it's amazing. I have to say thank you so much for listening to this episode to the very end. I'll remind you again that audio episodes go out every Monday in case this is your first time listening to this podcast and we have awesome stuff on our video series which is on our YouTube channel and you can join our online community on our Instagram which is at Legally Clueless Podcast. There's a link to it though in the show notes as well and if you want to share your story on this podcast in the show notes there's a link to a form that you need to fill so we can make that happen. Don't know why I'm singing. Final thing is that this podcast plays on Trace Radio in Kenya every Monday and Wednesday at 12 noon and 11 p.m. and every Friday at 12 noon. So make sure you go to traceradio.co.ke for a list of the frequencies. You can tell your friends who want to listen to the podcast in a more old school way. You can tell them about that um, or you can just stream it from that Trace website. Time for me to wrap up this pod and I don't have anything to complain about in this moment because my neighbors are rather silent tonight. So hey, let me leave you with what you can expect in the next episode of Legally Clueless. He lies to my aunt and my mom, tells them how he's planning to take care of the baby, how we're going to move in, how all these things are going to happen. And it was a picture perfect kind of man. Every other day there's a woman calling me asking me, oh, I had you pregnant. You know, I also was pregnant and he told me to do ABCD because I worked till two weeks to my delivery. Hey, public hospitals. People are screaming everywhere and they have to share beds with two women very big women <laughs> I told her i think it's either i've urinated myself or my water broke the doctors are on strike so i'll have to wait until it's an emergency so i was in labor from 11 a.m all the way to 11 p.m a lady called and she's like hi are you shiko i was like yeah i'm like who is this i'm the wife to so and so i just realized that you were pregnant and you've given birth i'm like wife wife how since when like i'm just a girlfriend he's been living with me like where hey no <laughs> That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.